Welcome to episode 12 of Gamers Galaxy. Rubik, how are you doing? Good, although it's a bit late tonight, so uh, I will try and keep it short and sweet uh, for everyone. Uh, my communication, that is. And I'd like to introduce Alexander from eLogos and my NFT Wars slash recently rebranded Rift Wardens game. How are you going, mate? Yeah, hi everyone. Hi guys, I'm fine, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, um, thanks for taking the time to uh, spend with us. Uh, I noticed over the sure you're welcome. noticed over the Gamescom uh, week weekend that there's the recent announcement with partnership from uh, Immutable. So congratulations and thanks again for taking the time to spend with us. Thanks a lot. <laughs> sure, sure thing. Yeah, we're actually quite happy that we could make it happen. Because obviously Immutable is one of the key blockchains for game development and us as a you know, gaming company, uh, being on this market since more than 16 years, it was a very obvious choice, you know, why to go with Immutable on a range of different projects. And yeah, I'm truly happy to actually become, uh, have become one of their partners. Cool. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and, 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 and about yeah, your logos sure. and your project? Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I'm actually uh, quite a seasoned game developer. Uh, so I'm uh, in this industry since 2002. So it has been more than 20 years for me, you know, developing games. Uh, I've started not with PC and console games professionally, I mean. So my first market was actually browser-based and social games. So all the games which were completely playable in a browser window, plus a bit later on, all those early social games on Facebook and, others, uh, and also other uh, social networks. Uh, so it, uh, it was actually quite a nice journey throughout uh, all these years. Uh, I've also participated in a lot of different uh, productions, not just uh, on the browser-based side or mobile gaming side, but uh, also a, a bit on the console and PC side, although I cannot name myself as a true expert in these particular areas. Uh, so iLogos Game Studios uh, was established around 16 years ago. Uh, we were actually uh, actively engaged in mostly, again, browser-based social games and a bit later also in mobile games development. These days, uh, the studios became very versatile in the way that we do also some PC and console production, although, again, not something what I would call in a big style or something what would be like a triple A game from scratch, not yet at least. That's my big hope that we're going to be at this point quite soon. Uh, and we're also very actively engaged in the Web3 gaming space. So we are participating uh, in multiple projects uh, as a co-development uh, partner. Uh, plus, obviously, the core team of iLogos uh, is a 
uh, founding team of my NFT Wars, which was actually mentioned a bit earlier. Uh, and our first game out of this ecosystem is called Rift Wardens. And it's an exciting mix of uh, strategy, tactics, uh, RPG, and so on. But we're going to talk about it a bit more in detail, I guess, a bit later. Yeah. Um, in terms of the My NFT Wars, any logos? Are they separate entities? Or is, it, is the logos building My NFT? My no, no, NFT it's, no, no, it's... Indeed, it's a separate entity. It's also very important to mention that it's a united effort, uh, not just based on iLogos expertise, but we have actually united our forces with the founders of Blockchain Cuties Universe, uh, which is one of the first Web3 games out there, so which came almost immediately after CryptoKitties. And uh, with our united forces, we have like a huge expertise, obviously, both for let's say traditional game making, but also for crypto gaming and Web3 game space. Uh, and this what makes me personally extremely, <laughs> let's say, uh, proud of the composition that uh, I'm very, uh, you know, much looking forward to create a game uh, which will hopefully also define part of how the Web3 gaming will uh, look in, in a few years from now. Yeah, awesome. I was I was reading through the white paper and I saw the um block the the cuties um in there and it, it's awesome to see taking some um community that has already shown and established itself early on and bringing them to kind of co-develop with you. Um really smart approach there. So what is what is like the main what's the main inspiration for Rift Wardens? Yeah, actually, there are like a pleura of different uh, inspirations for this game. So obviously, uh, uh, us being gamers ourselves our entire life. So I personally played games for more than 35 years. So I've started with the very first games on Amiga, Commodore, uh, Atari, and so on and so forth. Uh, we definitely have a lot of inspiration. So for us, one of the key inspiration is the Heroes of Might and Magic series, which all of us truly loved back in the older days, which is a mix of strategy tactics and a bit of RPG. Uh, and before that, there was also a truly amazing game called King's Bounty, which was the predecessor. Heroes of Might and Magic was also extremely cool to play, especially back in the old days again. Uh, we are also inspired by a lot of different RPGs like, uh, you know, World of Warcraft and uh, the whole roster of, of MMORPGs, which we all played at some point in our lives. Uh, but also action RPGs like uh, Diablo and some others. Uh, plus, we have also some inspiration from the mobile RPG side, uh, mostly from the Butler games uh, like uh, MFK Arena, Rage Shadow Legends and some others. So that's like a huge, uh, uh, let's say, amount of different inspirations combined. Plus, in addition, uh, we have uh, actually a truly amazing mix of different uh, settings uh, in our game. So it's going to be not just one setting, not just, I don't know, fantasy, for example. It's going to be a lot of them combined. So we have a huge multiverse where you can meet uh, cross-mixes uh, based on fantasy, sci-fi, even cyberpunk, steampunk, and we plan to add actually more settings. Uh, and it's going to be like something truly what is not really seen that often in the gaming industry. So I personally have not yet met 
an elf <laughs> who is uh, somehow uh, who has also something from the cyberpunk setting uh, in its appearance, in his appearance, or her appearance, okay. whatever. Uh, so essentially, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of things combined at once. So, that so this is like the main approach. Mm -hmm. That sounds a little bit like a star citizen. <laughs> you gotta, you got you wanna do no, everything. No, 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 <laughs> we are not. No, 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 no. We are not crazy about like you know making a game which we, we can complete. That's definitely not the case, but at least the grand vision of the game is truly vast and big and uh, has a lot of elements, but we're going to roll it out step by step. So there are going to be okay. the so-called rifts uh, in the game, which all will open up portals to different universes in this huge multiverse. And depending which rift you travel to, you will actually see creatures which are more influenced, let's say, by cyberpunk. Uh, like cyberpunk influenced uh, cities or you can go and travel in let's say like typical high fantasy worlds or some sci-fi uh, universes but again mm -hmm. it's going to be open up step by step it's not that we want to to do it all at once because this would, would definitely make this entire idea completely unfeasible yeah that's starting to uh, oh, sorry i meant like you 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 set the types of influences, but so many different types of games styles. I was just right. kind of make, making the reference to Star Citizen being such a an everything kind of game as well. So it's but also making it modular so you can release it in little sections is so smart in this space. Um, so you, you know, it won't yeah. be like a ten. I think it's actually the only way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it won't be a ten year. It won't be a ten year build for to get it out, <laughs> but that, that way. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I like, I like... our you know roadmap is until two thousand twenty five. So we still have a lot of things which we want to accomplish, but also beyond this roadmap, we also have some further plans, uh, which would which would be basically focused on content enrichment in a way. What kind of worlds would we want to add later on, and so on and so forth. Mm. I really like that idea of the different styles, like rather than just keeping it to one theme, it really creates a lot of scope and depth that you can do, any ideas you can come up with. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think that's ultimately, yeah, it's about the depth. So what will the core game loop be? Yeah, essentially, the core game loop is that you travel uh, in those different, uh, let's say, worlds, uh, which are, again, connected by rifts, the so-called rifts, which are essentially kind of, you know, portals. So you can actually imagine them as portals. Uh, then basically, you have, like, multiple maps, uh, which you see, like, the global map, the more local map, where you see uh, more... Uh, like details, more objects, and you can also interact with them. Obviously, uh, some of those objects might be hostile towards you, so they're going to be obviously a lot of different enemies uh, which you can encounter uh, on your travels. There are going to be some dungeons which you can also, uh, you know, walk in and hopefully conquer and uh, become successful. Um, but also, they're going to be a lot of a lot of crafting in the game. Uh, they're gonna be obviously a lot of elements which are centered around, let's say, the typical RPG core game loops, like um, everything which is somehow in relation to your heroes, uh, to your I don't know, weaponry, armory, and so on and so forth. So you can 
actually understand this as a, as a real mix of RPG and, and strategy gameplays, like two of them combined, where we want also to put later on a bit more um, emphasis on the tactical component, but not for the time being, because it would be too much. At some point, it's going to also uh, get some improvements on that side. So the tactical component should be very feasible and very real uh, in the actual battles where you can command every unit on the micro level. And every, and every unit will have a range of different parameters uh, which can affect the outcome depending uh, whom you meet and how you fight, how skillful you are. But again, this will come a bit later. For the time being, we're going to focus more on the auto-battling, uh, which is less sophisticated, which would allow players to become, uh, let's say, more skillful with the game in the first stage and then move on and explore like more sophisticated combat later on. Mm. Awesome. I like the that, that idea of, um, you know, the kind of the dungeon crawl and, and things like that it has a lot of um, playability and usability. Um, when it comes to the long-term vision for the game, um, where do you see Rift Wardens uh, going? Yeah, I mean, essentially, as I mentioned, uh, the universe itself is so vast that we can just move on and add more and more different types of worlds with different settings and different creatures and different background stories because uh, obviously it's going to have also a lot of lore components embedded in each single world with different characters, different villains, different he heroes, uh, anti-heroes, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, so this is one of the components uh, of the current vision. Obviously, we truly want also to make a lot of things happen on the blockchain side of things, which I have not mentioned yet, but obviously it's a web pregame. So uh, we hope to integrate in a really uh, meaningful way, which is the key, key word in this regard, mm. in a meaningful way, at some point also DAO elements, uh, but it's going to be like the really long-term vision because uh, <laughs> I'm actually completely aware of all the uh, complications this can cause. Obviously, we want also to integrate as good as possible the interoperability among uh, other games which will come out in my NFTverse um, uh, ecosystem uh, as the whole which is also a very challenging topic, right? So it's going to be yeah. probably mostly focused around cosmetical things like skins, different things which are not influencing the core gameplay, but rather would allow you to transfer uh, the look and feel of different games within Mine of T-Wars in a smart way, uh, but again, not destroying the actual gameplays of each single game. Maybe at some point, even interoperability outside of my NFT Wars universe, but this is really too early to tell anything about it because it's like the grand vision, long-term vision, which can be affected by many factors, which are not predictable yet. So, yeah, but uh, essentially, uh, we ultimately want to extend on the content side um, in a way, as I described, and uh, on, the, on the core gameplay side, we want also to... Uh, provide as many elements which are fun to play. And this is, by the way, extremely important. Our core uh, paradigm is actually fun first, everything else second. And by everything else, I mean really everything else, even mm -hmm. including blockchain. So everything else is second. Fun first, 
and all other things uh, are not that important in relation to the fun itself. But again, talking about what kind of things we uh, we, we want to add, we want definitely uh, want to add as many elements based on uh, the NFT approach, as many as possible. So we have a huge array of different ideas around this topic, what kind of NFTization, <laughs> I would say, we can add actually into the game, like portion by portion. Uh, we are definitely extremely cautious with the tokenomics, and uh, we definitely don't want this part to be somehow ruined uh, by earlier IDOs or whatever, by any kind of bad speculation or bad uh, spiral of death as what happened with the X infinity in the end. So we are definitely aware of all those dangers and we don't want to be uh, on the same, let's say, uh, in the same position at the end. So, but yeah, again, it's going to be a lot in terms of containerization, in terms of anaphtization, in terms of different things we want to add later on in the core gameplay. And that's like the grand vision for the long term. Interesting. What about... Um... Transmedia, like lots of blockchain games, are you know doing comics and all different physicals mm -hmm. and things. Is there that? Is there any plans for that or anything like that? Honestly speaking, uh, no real plans. I mean, we are not really you know relying on all of these, uh, you know, let's say, external IPs, external brands, whatever. Uh, it can be a valid thing at some point if you see that a certain IP fits really well in our game universe, and that's really the precondition. It has to fit well. So you will never see, I'm very sure, you will never see something like uh, Nike branded shoes in our game, <laughs> or something like a Coca-Cola branded magic potion in our game, that's for sure. But let's say, let's say if we find something which fits well, like, I don't know, let's say Magic the Gathering as an IP, or something like Dungeons and Dragons as an IP, and if you find a way how to build it in, in a way that it doesn't harm the game and makes everyone happy. Why not? We can explore all those, you know, uh, avenues and uh, all those options, uh, but not for the time being. And um, in, um, it's interesting. Lots of uh, founders are talking about all this other stuff to try and build up the relevance of their blockchain you really are focusing on the game first and just making it fun which is absolutely music to my ears what about you kevin no, absolutely <laughs> i mean the more founders we have um as dedicated uh as they can be to the the core game functions is is better for for everyone in the long run um i know that a lot of other projects have taken um, the hype route and we've seen where that ends up. So, I mean, really at, at its core, if you, you get the game right, you're, you're going to have a, a better time for sure. Absolutely. That's, uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's absolutely what we truly believe in, that it, it doesn't matter if it's a Web 2 game, a Web 3 game, a Web 2.5 game, where I don't know what kind of you know, numbers you can put behind Web. Uh, it just has to be a fun game. It has to be a cool game. It has to be a really good uh, playable game, fun to play. And, and this is the precondition for any game to succeed. And if you don't meet this precondition, then everything else which you can actually add up, uh, it will be just ruined, you know, by this 
not fulfilled preconditions. <laughs> so that's why yeah. we are truly focusing ourselves on the on the actual game core. Yeah, I, I agree that one hundred percent it's required to you know a fun game to be successful. But I, I hope um, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. believe that that if the game is fun, the tokenomics is going to work out. Like there's a human motivation piece behind it in my opinion in that hasn't really been fleshed out you know when when does the earning get to a point that it's no longer fun and it's a job sort of thing because it's an it's lucrative enough so and therefore more extraction absolutely and scale so you got it's just it's very difficult um problem to solve um which is every, people from outside of crypto have said that a lot of times i've, I've heard them say it and they're pretty right on that one yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a very valid point, yes. So mm. for some of the players, it's not about playing, it's for earning. And we saw it in the past with mm. uh, all those times where X-Infinity was big. And actually, there were a lot of farmers in the game. And it was really about value extraction, not value adding at all. Uh, I mean, the, time, the times uh, have changed, obviously. So now we have a totally different market, a totally different perception of this entire Web3 paradigm and everything which is somehow connected to it. And for us, earning is definitely not in the focus at all. It's going to be possible, of course. It's going to be possible in different ways. I and mean, some of the people will earn um, on their NFT selling. Some of the people will earn based on their skills. Uh, so there are going to be some options for that. But it's not the plan that everyone can make profit. Definitely not the plan. It's not the plan that we end up in a kind of Ponzi scheme uh, you know, <laughs> thing which which is not fun in the end for all the involved well, parties, and which well, it's which not fun if you're, if you're if you're itself. It's, it's not fun if you're in last. <laughs> if you're in first, it's great fun. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you are the first, that can, yeah. that can be fun. If you well, can uh, find your exit liquidity, you know. If you cannot find your exit liquidity, that's not fun as well. You know? Just don't invite <laughs> your mates into it unless you know it's got a little couple more months to go. Uh, otherwise, you you're not going to be mates anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in, in, interesting. Um, so, how where... how is the game development progressing? What what are you looking for in terms of uh, release dates and things? Or we don't need a date. Yeah, but... it's yeah, it's progressing well. We are uh, we are actually within our plan in terms of the roadmap. So, in a few days, we want to launch the first closed alpha for a very limited uh, scope of game testers. So it's going to be literally just uh, a few dozens of people who are going to test the, the, the game first. Then we're going to extend the scope uh, throughout September uh, until several thousands. But we're going to actually remain uh, quite compact in, in this regard. So we don't want to overblow uh, this testing. We don't want to have too much feedback and deal with it. We don't want to deal with so many different <laughs> testers. And basically, it's going to be really compact. Uh, but you can expect that throughout uh, September, uh, we're going to announce uh, at some point that we are ready to let more people in, try the game, and uh, provide their feedback. Cool. Awesome. So, Susan yeah. and I are, are, are putting our hands up right now. Yeah, we're, we're available. <laughs> we, we, we've done some, uh, some testing for... Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. No, we, we've, we've done some testing for... for uh, Guild of Guardians and a few of the other games as well. So, cool. uh, if you you know if you have any 
need for testers were available for sure. <laughs> Actually, absolutely, absolutely. I, I just uh, got I'm a message. Mm-hmm. I just got a message from someone else on Immutable that they have a alpha for me to test too. So it looks like I'm going into full <laughs> test mode. Um, <laughs> Very experienced testers. I see. Excellent. Un- so then, unpaid. Uh, we, we'll unpaid. Be- yeah, unpaid. <laughs> so. <laughs> the best um, category of testers. <laughs> uh, honestly, Rubik, I need to I need to drop this Patreon that I created because we need to start getting paid here. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote. Killer pain, guys. <laughs> for the first for the guardians. For the first Guild of Guardians test, I, I literally wrote an essay. It took me about two hours. And then about a couple of weeks oh. later, they say, they uh, I, I literally, I ripped the thing apart. It was like, this is the biggest hunk of junk I've ever played in my life. Um, but I gave them reasons why, you know. And um, next thing you know, they're making a different game. <laughs> yeah, like literally a week later, freaking the head is gone. The, 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 the head of the, the game is gone. And they're, they're making it a completely different game. That's not a joke. (laughs) Okay, so then we have to be very cautious. Yeah, (laughs) towards the end of the. (laughs) We're going to invite it towards the end of our alpha, (laughs) closed alpha (laughs) testing cycle. Not in the very beginning of it. (laughs) After you've already shipped. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) After we have shipped in two years, guys, you can now test the game. (laughs) Please don't kill us if something is wrong. (laughs) Okay, but anyway, it's very good to know. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so why why immutable? Mm-hmm. Why'd you pick uh why'd you partner with immutable to start with? Yeah, actually uh, I think I uh have not mentioned it before, but we are also now a strategic partner uh to immutable. And by strategic partnership I mean in the in the first place ILO with Game Studios. So we closed this partnership a few months ago, actually during NFT NYC. Uh, it was the announcement for this partnership. And why Mutable? We truly believe in, in their team. We truly believe in their vision. And I think that Robbie and his team are doing a fantastic job in actually explaining what the Web3 gaming should be about. And it definitely should not be about just some, I'll tell it very plainly, stupid trading, stupid speculation, and just some bullshit. You know, it's, it has to be about games, right? And oh, yeah. I, I, I see it. I see that also his team is very committed on actually populating, let's say, <laughs> this vision into the broader crypto space and web three space, and basically doing everything to uh, to make games as successful as possible, which are built on on Immutable X. And I also truly love their idea that uh, it should be, for example, zero gas fees for minting and so on, which is, uh, in my opinion, one of the core preconditions. Web3 gaming to take off because it, uh, it has to be free to players. Otherwise, it's already a very huge roadblock uh, to the towards, let's say, the success of this entire uh, sub-market within the gaming space. And I think that ultimately um, we're gonna see a lot of successful games based on IMX. Uh, and I truly hope that obviously uh, my NFT Wars Rift Wardens will be one of the top games, not just on IMX, but overall, and that we can actually uh, unite our forces also in the way how the, the game is going to be marketed, what kind of things uh, they can add to the success by using their community management resources, uh, their overall 
experience, let's say, uh, what their team got also under their belts, and it's a lot. So yeah, I think that for us, ultimately, that's currently the best partner for our vision. It, it's um, probably not for, the, for all the teams the same, because some of the teams are just running after huge grants, let's say, or doing something which they think uh, would be more in line with their vision uh, for the game itself. But for our vision, again, IMAX is just the perfect partner. Awesome. And you mentioned gas-free, so are you using the StarkX? Into, in, or the ZK uh, yes. No, no. For the time being, uh, we are building on StarkX. Later on, we definitely want to explore also the other path, so going on Z, uh, ZKVM and seeing how the things are also over there, <laughs> let's say. Let's say it like this. Well, uh, obviously, I'm sure that we're going to have them a bit more financial stress because we're going to... Uh, we would actually need to absorb the gas fees by ourselves, which is obviously yeah. a, a bit of, of the financial stress on our side. So we decided to launch first on StarkX, and zero gas fees was one of the reasons why we did this. Yeah, I'm on your side when it comes to like mass adoption, the gas-free thing. That's part of the reason I was started going all in on Immutable, you know, like with believing in there being number one. But so when they mm -hmm. said like EVM, it made sense because they were losing a lot of uh, projects because of the, the inflexibility around the contracts. But so I thought, okay, let's see what happens here. But when they announced Relayer and the ability to sponsor the the um, the fees so that it still can remain gas free on the ZK EVM, I was like, ah, that's win win. So yeah, absolutely, 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 and I think that ultimately. You know, there are several very important, you know, roadblocks uh, which are uh, affecting the entire industry. And one of them is obviously the gas fee question. The second one is the easy onboarding. It has to be as easy as possible. So literally, mm -hmm. as you do it usually in the Web2 space, like you just do your Apple login, Google login, Facebook login, whatever. Just something which is extremely simple and fast to do as a sign-up procedure. Uh, and basically also everything which is somehow related to the things uh, later on in the game progress, like dealing with the tokens, you know, dealing with NFTs and so on. It has to be as easy as possible. So players ultimately don't have to even think about <laughs> what the hell should they do, where should they go. I don't know, is it open seas, it's something else. And uh, they, mm. they actually just have to play the game and don't think at all about what kind of additional platforms they should use, what kind of additional routines they should use, what kind of wallets they should create, and all this stuff. It should be completely eliminated out of the process. Otherwise, we will never hit those 1 billion players, which we commonly actually want to hit. And I also like this idea very much from IMX. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. The, I find it... it they, like you, what you, way you're speaking is like you know keeping it gas free, keeping it uh, abstracting away the blockchain from the from the user. But then you call your, your game with NFT in it. I was I wonder like you. It's, I'm very surprised after now speaking to you that you've got the word NFT in, in your name. What, what, what's the thinking behind that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Sorry. a little bit. <laughs> bit of an oxymoron, yeah, mate. We actually. <laughs> We're being, no, no, we're being asked this question quite often. Honestly yeah. speaking, we thought about even renaming, you know. We actually uh, came up with this name for the ecosystem as NFT was a very high subject, you know. So, uh, so, so that was one of the reasons why we wanted actually to 
really make this focus, this additional focus that our ecosystem will be somehow NFT based or at least NFT related. Uh, very honestly, but obviously now <laughs> it's more like a hindering factor because there is a lot of hate uh, surrounding the subject. There are a lot of people who actually blamed us already for this name. Uh, we want to remain strong. We, we still think that NFT is not bad. It's ultimately, uh, absolutely not bad. It's a, it's a great concept. It's going to be revived at some point, I'm more than sure. So it's, uh, it's just now that uh, obviously we have this bad let's say, halo, that image, uh, you know. But a bit later on, I'm more than sure that we're going to see again a lot of games uh, which use this very term very openly and very firmly. Yeah, and I, we don't I want agree. to rename something like digital collectibles, my digital no. collectible. <laughs> my, digital, so my digital collectible like war. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna, that would be it. Terrible name, <laughs> definitely not what we want. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we just you know patiently wait and see how this market will go along, and we are sure that NFT is not that far from that. Did you did you see see my re response to your Twitter thing about? I think I did it in one of my newsletters where I said we think you don't even need the my NFT wars name there as well, like being a bit bit cheeky towards you when you when you rebranded because <laughs> Rift Warden sounds great. That's on its own. Does not need my NFT wars in front of it. Just Rift Wardens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But actually, we decided to leave this name as a combo name. So my NFT wars and then actually uh, Rift Wardens because we want really to highlight that it's going to be the first game within this uh, whole ecosystem. You know? So yeah. that's why we actually decided to leave it in because uh, you know our game logo... Uh, it's just very prominent that you can read the Rift Wardens and just very tiny letters, my NFT words, because that's not the focus of the game, obviously. But again, we, we really want to make this happen, that the whole ecosystem will appear and they're going to be, as I said, some interoperability between the games and so on and so forth. So that's why we decided definitely to keep this name as well. So how has it been uh, working with the Immutable X team so far? Um, any... Excellent, I have to say. Uh, they, they're extremely helpful, very knowledgeable. Uh, there are a lot of great guys there whom we met on the marketing side of things, on the community management side of things. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, uh, you know, developers and engineers who are helping us to figure out how to use you know, their SDKs in the best way. Uh, and how to do all the stuff we want to uh, integrate in the game uh, in regard to StarkX integration and so on. So yeah, that's just, it has been very positive so far. I can tell that uh, I am actually truly even surprised that their team is spending so much time and efforts uh, by helping us. And I hope that's a good sign that they also truly believe uh, in the grand vision which we have and uh, that they bet high that my NFT Wars Rift Wardens is going to be a, a big successful title. Yeah, I, I would imagine since you're using the StarkX uh, implementation, you might need um, some specialized um, ways of, of doing some of the crafting and um, likely they'll reuse some of the stuff that they have in place for gods and chain and stuff like that but um interesting to see how how it mm -hmm. all plays out yeah absolutely and so we're still in the very beginning of this path so i cannot tell you for sure yet if we uh see some real obstacles or not it's 
it's just very early to say that, uh, but we just hope that even if we see some obstacles with a specifically Stark X implementation, that we will find a way how to solve them with the help of IMX guys. My computer just done that thing again, but actual double whammy went for about a minute. I've been out. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, we left. Yes. Yeah. I got on at the end of that Stark X conversation. So you better take it away from here. Uh, this is, oh, and by the way, my computer's going back for repairs. Not tomorrow, the next day. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if it, it happens every episode, doesn't it? Dessus, it uh, seems like it now. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's that, nothing serious. It's yeah. that Australian <laughs> Wi-Fi, man. It's coming to the USB ports. That's what it is, actually. Oh, okay. It just craps, it craps out. Well, um, do you have the 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 ten questions? We could uh, probably finish up. I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've got them ready to go. Are you ready, Alex? Yeah. Amanda? Yes. Okay. Yep. Sixty seconds to get to to go, to answer ten questions. City or country boy? Uh, sorry again. Uh, <laughs> are you uh, are you a city or a country boy? You like living in the city? Uh, or somewhat a mix of both. So I live in Cyprus currently, and it's a mix of city and country. So I love uh, both. You got you're only allowed to say one word in your answers, by the way. <laughs> league or union? <laughs> rugby league or again? rugby union? I. Rugby League or Rugby Union, do you even know what that is? No, I'm not sure about it. Yeah, you're going to have to replace that one with like... Uh, that, um, was, that was for an Australian. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to change it. Um, what's your favorite movie? Oh, a lot of them. Let's say Matrix. Me too. Favorite game? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is extremely hard. But okay, I have mentioned it already, so Heroes of Mind and Magic is definitely among my favorite games. What's your favorite color? Green. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Lamborghini, for sure. <laughs> One word to describe Elon Musk. Genius. Xbox or PlayStation? Definitely PlayStation. I have them all. <laughs> favorite ice cream flavor? Again? Your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, flavor, okay, let's say mango. And what is your favorite altcoin? <laughs> favorite altcoin? Uh, let's say Ethereum. Okay. <laughs> I, I should have said shitcoin. <laughs> oh, who's Pepe no, before no. they rugged? <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite altcoin after bitcoin is definitely ethereum yeah that's right. for sure <laughs> i did i didn't rewrite those questions by myself and um i realized there was some catered to robbie in there so i was like on the fly thinking of things sorry um I'll get, <laughs> a bit, i need to prepare better next time for that 10 that's questions right. um <laughs> so we do a little game uh we like to ask um our guests to do a little prediction of how many monthly active users your game will have. Um, so what say you? Yeah, I mean, honestly speaking, I don't want really to tell any number because any numbers I can tell can be just plain wrong. And for us, it's really not about some numbers. It's about what kind of traction we see overall. 
I am very aware of the fact that obviously right now this market is very compact. So we can say that we can safely assume that if we hit uh, several hundred thousand uh, monthly active users, it's going to be already a lot of success, you know, given how compact again this niche is. Uh, but let's say what we aim for is definitely to get to the heights uh, as X infinity or higher. This is our very goal and fingers crossed that we hit this target. Three million, that is. Three million. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. So that we go into millions. Yes, so that's actually the, the very goal that we go in, into millions of monthly actives. Yeah. So that's a um, epic game. So we rank them legendary. Yeah, that's our goal. <laughs> Legendaries over 10 million and uh, epics between 1 and 10 million monthly. <laughs> cool. Well, and ultimate epic is hundreds of millions. <laughs> what, what is actually more legendary <laughs> or more epic than, than legendary? But let's gain, uh, yeah, let's say mythical. Mythical level of success is something like hundreds of millions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and right now, honestly, um, you know, we're not going to hold you to it or anything. It's just a fun little game we like to play. It's... It, Honestly, <laughs> as I as I hear different um, responses of, of like how they're expecting it to go and, and you know what they'll be happy with, it's interesting to see the the varying um, thought processes. And honestly, I'm with you. Um, a few hundred thousand players early on is gonna show huge for the games that that are actually doing it right that are putting the players first Absolutely. and you'll see um that couple hundred thousand turn into millions overnight so looking forward to it absolutely yeah that's our big hope and our big aim let's say our big goal that we get there eventually but obviously <laughs> it depends on many factors we will just do our best to get there well, we'll be watching your progress with Rift Wardens. I like, I love the art. Um, it looks really cool. I've been watching, seeing your, uh, Thanks a lot. your social media person go off lately with lots of um, content to see. So follow Alexander's Rift Wardens um, games. Uh, we'll put a link in the in my uh, show notes to how to to follow them on Twitter. Um, yeah, because cute little art, which is. Um, no, I did have a mix and start. I understand now why there's a mix of different styles of arts in there. So, um, very interesting. Yeah, especially. Yeah, you, uh, we also truly love this idea ourselves. Yeah, it, I like that too. So, like seeing seeing the mix of styles is going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to uh, what you guys have in the future. Anything uh, you want to finish up with? Really, I just wish everyone who is in this space a lot of success and obviously also some luck, which is always good to have. Because uh, I face a lot of like skepticism from the Web2 space. A lot of people who really don't understand at all where the entire market can go to, to which hates and what kind of promises we all hope it will actually fulfill. So I truly wish everyone who is in this space a lot of patience, a lot of luck, a lot of success that we all commonly can prove ourselves that we are not just some crazy idiots uh, who will be <laughs> laughed at, at at conferences and so on, but that we are building actually a big part of the future of the entire gaming industry. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, and I uh, hope you have a good one. Thank you very much, too. Thank <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Awesome. 
really cool of uh, Alex Alexander to come on the show and, and tell us more about Rift Wardens and what they're doing there. Um, really appreciate that and looking forward to the game. Yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. I felt um, Alexander's, you know, I was, I was very um, interested to see, you know, with the word NFT being used in the game and, and, and just see what his thoughts were on that. And I was very surprised that he's got such a great vision for the way to use blockchain and, and, and their, you know, vision for the game. I think it really, really will work, um, you know, and just the fact that it uses NFTs and the other, other phrases that, you know, all the buzzwords around their marketing is just where I, th- I was concerned. But I, that interview is really, it's made me uh, feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, looking forward to like, um, you know, the peak active users and things like that. I I wouldn't be surprised if something like this is is one of the ones to break. You know that that's high ceiling, even though it has the the my NFT like it has the word in it because I think it's it might jump out to a bunch of haters that really don't like it, and then as soon as people realize that it actually has legs might be something to, mm. to work in, in its benefit yeah i think a really unique uh, aspect is that they're not going with a theme like a traditional theme of um, you know space or um you know elves or you know so high fantasy where they're going to mix it all together and just have you know you get the complete creativity it's kind of like a, another game we're talking about recently which we'll talk about later in the show as well that's doing that kind of thing so I think it's a real thing that this for me this week that I've discovered is this, you know, like this ability, how Web3 is creating people, give, giving people more um, creative license or the, taking more risks with their creativity. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? What do you think about in terms of numbers? Do you think they'll get to as a peak monthly active users? Um, I mean, a, a game like this, I easily see um, over the the one million mark maybe even into like the two to three uh we'll see yeah I, i'm gonna call it you're gonna call so that's an epic game for you i'm i'm gonna call it a rare and uh um say so i reckon they'll just get below the, the one million maybe eight hundred thousand monthly active users is my guess all right <laughs> uh new, so we, we get new this week um el jefe What's yeah. a, what's that one about? That's a, a football manager, soccer. Soccer. It's a soccer manager game. Soccer. <laughs> we we come from the two countries in the world that uh, call it so- soccer. Everywhere yeah. else calls it football. <laughs> We've got a game called rugby league that called football, and AFL that's called football, and rugby union that's called football. So that, that, there's no room to call it football in, in Australia. <laughs> For sure. Um, but it's uh did you know it's made by um three six nine studio, the makers of Metalcore? Yeah, so that that was kind of surprising. I saw I saw that tidbit of information. Um so it's like um I I I would imagine that the the group of people creating uh in that studio um saw a, a niche spot for something like that and and probably pounced on it. And it seems smart. Yeah, well, well, it's a it's a collectible game, isn't it? I think yeah. NFTs, you know, the suit collectible games where you collect things, um, you know, absolutely. And like a FIFA Ultimate Team, I always played that, um, and and being able to get the more rare uh, versions of the players and stuff like that was always one of the top things. Yeah, um, 
and you know, like uh, football managers, a massive game. Like the foot, the the official is it EA? I don't know if it's EA. They're, no, like it's got it, it isn't. But yeah, um, football manager, I know, has a huge, huge following. You know, like there's they use real like real data from football. Yeah. So they got they. I remember reading an article about it a couple of years ago, and I was like, because I'm into football myself and soccer football, and just the deep. That that data that they collect for that game is now used for other aspects of the game worldwide, as you know, as player data. So it's um, you know, maybe El Jefe can hack in, you know, to to get that data on real players. I'm not sure. That's the licensing of who real players in that will be interesting to see. You, you know, you see Metafight and House of Boxing have had to pay like certain you know representatives. To get access to the to put real players' names on it, so that would be another thing. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to get real yeah. licenses. And, and that's another players. thing that Infinite Victory has uh, kind of a, a ahead of itself too is is using all of these players' likeness and stuff like that in in game. Um, mm. And I know, yeah. I know, actually, another one as well was um, uh, Green Park Sports. Right? They had they had. Um, La Liga players in in theirs, so yeah. Um, but the El Jefe, it's kind of like the mo- one of the most interesting things to me is like it is completely different to their metalcore product. There's not even there won't be anything they could use the same. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. But, and, other and than that's why I was saying I, I I would I just imagine there's like a core group of people at, at you know at the um, studio that are just like major football fans and and probably were like hey we should just do this <laughs> yeah and there's like me like it's the biggest sport in the world as well yeah. so it's it's the global audience um in terms of nfts there's thousands and thousands of players probably even twenty thousand players that are at the elite level you know around the world um or or touching on elite levels like tier one and tier two to combine like and and coming through the old and new players. So it'll be, there's so much they could do with it. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with it and, um, you know, how, how realistic it is or versus maybe more of a casual fun game. Like it could go down that path as well, where it's all non-realistic and, you know, like the Martian Premier League style, um, you know, where they've got all those um, weird stats and stuff to, that yeah. affect football on Mars, you know, yeah. low gravity. Yeah, and I, I'm um, trying to... I'm interested to see if it's going to be more of a passive style um, experience or if it's, um, you know, more hands-on to where you're actually controlling players or not. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I don't, I, I think it's probably going to be more of the simulation. Yeah. My, my guess. The thing is I did some, as much research as I possibly could before this episode to get, you know, the information to everyone and there's not much yet. So yeah, it's exactly. um, yeah, very new. So I guess, well, we'll have to wait and see what they what they build. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely has my interest peaked, so I'll I'll keep an eye out for it for sure. Yeah, and so in, in, you wanted to talk about swap it around, do infinite victory. We we wanted to sh- do a bit of a showcase on that because what a rise to like rapturous applause! Like they're starting to get. I've seen them infinite victory get included in the best game Web three games lists already. It's only been out like no, like really been two just over two weeks hasn't it so yeah it, it's you know, kind of like, crazy yeah there's ten thousand followers on twitter already they've got like rabid fans that can't wait for the game it's definitely a it's like it's one to watch it's it's um you know i've been watching a bit of the videos that they've been playing of gameplay 
um, you know, showcasing different styles of players, like people kicking NFL field goals as part of shooting baskets and baseball bats from downtown. Like, so it's, yeah, it's like, it's really interesting. And they've got different courts. So I thought, you know, all the video had been about one court and I'm like, this is starting to get a little bit, you know, monotonous, but you know, they've got different courts that you can play on. So be, it, it, there's so much they can do with that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking forward to that and, and seeing, you know, I, I only got to see like short videos, um, but like I'm super jealous of the people that got to play it at Gamescom. Yeah, I, I can't wait to play it. I, I played NBA Jam in the old 20 cent oh, yeah. arcade machines a long time ago. So uh, we used to get out, save up a couple of dollars and go down to the local you know, milk bar and just verse each other in NBA Jam on those arcade machines when they first came out. So uh, looking forward to it myself. Yeah, for sure. So there was uh, so, some some leaks of Guild of Guardians content uh, and some updates there. Yeah, um, there was two. They were, they were on uh, between two layers with uh, Ella and Chris Clay, the ones the developer, you know, head of director of development. Ella's the storyteller, um, and there's also just a document, you know, like a dev update with a huge amount of content on it. Um, just showing, highlighting, um, you know, their progress and where they're going. So some key takeaways I got from it is closed beta in November. So they're going to have a, a beta for invited people, family and friends and internals and that for, you know, as it gets towards closed beta, just to test out, make sure that they can iron out any bugs before closed beta. And closed beta is going to be thousands of players. So everyone that's got assets probably get accepted. Um which is exciting. So it probably means that an open beta won't be this year. Maybe it's been pushed back a bit. Um, we'll see if they can get it out, a closed beta in November and an open beta out in December, you know, just that one month later or two months yeah. later. Um, but probably looking like an early, you know, earliest of January, I'd say, for an open beta. But I might be wrong. Um, but also one of the things that I, like I've been, I joined this community because of GOG. I mean, like a, this really cool community that just talks about GOG and they're big IMX fans. There's only about 100 people in there. And a lot of them have been very upset with, you know, the previous, um, you know, uh, GOG, what happened with it, you know, right. the way they diluted the NFTs and that. And there's just the, there just seemed to be a lack of care. And I've noticed that the sentiment's changed now with this new d- direction and new leadership, new communication style. And also in that document, there's like a real, benefit to being a holder an early holder which has come out which is like um you don't have to spend as much to upgrade um your heroes like your um you don't have as many copies of the same hero to upgrade your hero so the the, um founders heroes will be upgraded quicker there's also some special abilities that no one else will have if you've got a, a founder hero so that is, I've seen some responses in that community to be fine, like kind of like like a, a you know finally we're being listened to sort of thing. You know, and the sentiments changed. They've also, gone from they they introduced the staking as well. So like um, if you do trading or anything, um, you you get um, Guild of Guardians coins uh, by yeah. by just passive you know passively by holding these items. Yeah, uh, that's, that was that was a um, little while ago, but it, I guess that was like, it, you know, it's no dashboard, and, and it's it's kind of like felt like the previous previous team just trying to appease people that were rightfully annoyed um, at how things were going. 
So ultimately, the message is for me is that it's in the right hands now. It's in the right direction now. It's going smooth, like it should have been from the start. Like it just had the. There's got, it seems like they've got the right people in in pushing it in the right direction. And I'm seeing as a result the community that are very heavily involved. Find, you know, start to turn their sentiment around from being pessimistic about the game to being optimistic about the game. Yeah, for sure. And I, I've noticed it too um, in in social social media posts and things like that. So, um, and I I felt the positive momentum too in being able to. I have I have still I have the Po app from the very first um, Guild of Guardians beta. And um, I came out of that n- not very excited. And now, uh, since the the recent beautiful corner demo, um, I feel pretty good about it. And I don't feel bad that I I do have so many of the <laughs> um, mm-hmm. of the characters or not. You know, I actually picked up some more since. So yeah, um, the we're not there yet though because uh, there was a. Um, a poll. There's some you, some uh, Twitter account doing a best th- 32 games compete off one versus one each other. You know, to semifinals, quarterfinals, that kind of stuff. You know, like and it's a poll vote, and, and it was over 100 votes for Elemental Raiders. This boring game. I don't know if you played that game before. I didn't. Uh, it's so boring, and it smashed Gog out of the park in terms of votes, like 77 percent or something. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a that's a free to play game on Elixir. Um... I, I played. A, Is it? Yeah, I played a few rounds of it, and I I was pretty bored too. Um, yeah. they, they updated the graphics. Um, graphics look pretty cool, but still, it's a you know a, a mana or it's a mana base. Yeah, it's like a mana base uh, card style game. Um, yeah, I, I was. <laughs> it wasn't my thing. Yeah, it's uh, the the hook's not there apparently from a lot of people. So yeah, well, they, you know they could impr- they could change that for sure. Um, with this day and age, there's a, the, you know it used to be problem, you had to come out with your game. The problem like, with those polls is a, a lot of times the the communities really bought those things to where like they they have certain people in the community that go out and they'll vote on everything or they'll spam. And Guild of Guardians doesn't necessarily have like a huge uh, like social media presence. I feel. Uh, there's a couple people that really are like um, evangelists for it, and I don't. Tonin, yeah, Tonin uh, is one, you know, and yeah. and uh, you know, I, I feel Tomahawk really puts a, puts a lot out there as well for Guild Guardians, um, but like yeah. I don't, I don't feel like they have a huge like Alluvium type uh, presence. Oh no, you know, so they did, they did. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, they they actually had a huge. I remember, but since they, 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 it's <laughs> all died the, off over time. That was the first guard. Two two years of waiting, and um, you know, and a couple of uh, previous uh, teams to, you know, the old guard got constant, old. Okay, <laughs> constant uh, screw ups kind of paid pay the toll. But we're we're back. Um, I believe that's going to be one of the most successful Web three games. One of the first ones to be hugely successful. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty catchy. I was like bomb chomping at the bit to get back at it when it was on my wife's phone, and uh, I got seven or eight hours in, but I wanted to play more. I was disappointed, and that's it was only it's only designed to have three hours, so we'll see if it if it can. But the the point is, there's heaps of information coming now. There's the leaks are coming. 
the content, but you can see that the decisions are really sound. Um, you know, check them out at the moment if you're into mobile, you know, auto battle slash, you know, strategy, strategic battles, build them up RPG style game. So yeah, I think they've got a good future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? Metalcore, open signups for the, for the beta. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be open beta coming soon. Do you know much? Did you look into that much at all? I just saw it there. Uh, I've got an email to say, hey, sign up. Yeah, so um, basically they're going to have the open beta testing. Um, early testers will get a chance to to uh, get a in-game um, mech for playing. Mm. Um, so reason to participate and show up and check it out. Um, definitely a cool thing to be able to have. Uh, in-game items and stuff for that uh, that are only for the testers or early early adopters. Pretty cool there. Yeah, uh, I um, have an account like a closed beta invite, but I haven't actually played the last two. It's not because I don't want to. It's just there's so many games out right now to play, and I just I just I I can't afford to you know a lot with of- this pod and with everything we need to do in life and work and stuff. There's just yeah. so much we you know can do so. A lot of stuff oh. happening. I can feel the the um, overwhelming um, pull to to be have your attention pulled every each way. Um, but uh, I I think I noticed that a lot of their attention or a lot of their times have been um, Australia time. So it's harder for me to interact when uh, some of their stuff is like in the middle of the night for me. So. Oh really? I didn't know that. Um, I should have played then. <laughs> now, the reason for me playing, because I played it once and I'm excited for it, but I need the hook for me to come back and play a game. Like I need to know that I'm what I'm doing is progressing. Like Every game I've ever played from EverQuest, you know, like years ago, years ago, it was all about my hero progression, you know, getting to the latest, you know, being an elite shaman in that game, the top 20 in the world. And then, you know, all the MMOs I played after it, Rift and, um, you know, Vanguard and all these games is all about progress. And so when I play these games, I'm more of a person that's, you know, capt- captured by the gamification side of it rather than the achievement of enjoying the game, which is probably a bad thing. You know, I wish I just love playing the games for what they are. So I've started to enjoy story-based to- story um, games more now, like uh, Bioshock Infinite and that. but. If the game's got a progression system in it, like Good Guardians, like Metalcore, like um, anything that where you progress a hero, if if like if Illuvium, I don't play Illuvium even though I've got an account because I can't progress yet. So that's probably why I play it once to see if I like it, and if I like it, I go yep, I'll wait for it to come out with the gamification turned on, and that's when I that's when we're going to see what games win and which games lose. I yeah, think. yeah, no, I, I feel you. Um, during the beta, it is it is kind of hard to be like oh i'm i'm making progress and then all of a sudden the stuff resets and you have to redo it and everything um but i think i think with game is uh sorry galaxy commanders why i was so addicted to that is because there was a competition to get your ships up the highest level you could you know and there was five you had to pace your ship so i I was incentivized to i got i landed one of the i reckon the highest base capital ship like at level zero, level one, when you get it, when you pops out, it was like 60,000 points it was. And I think the next best one I thought was 55,000. So it was huge. And so I thought I had a chance of winning that competition. 
Although I forgot about the auto battle. People put put their game on auto battle, went to the toilet and went and had dinner and came back and had or have, or have all this extra coin, yeah. which I forgot about and never did. <laughs> Schoolboy error. But uh, <laughs> so I got destroyed in the end. <laughs> Pretty funny. Mm. Um, also, uh, the Lost Glitches beta uh, just launched this last week. Yeah. I've, um, I, I, have you played it? Yeah, I played it. I, I played probably about 10 matches. Interesting. So I actually have an invite, but I haven't played it. This again, too many, too many things for me to do. I want to play it because I love the art of their work. Their yeah. art. I think they're the best TCG art out there. Very unique manga style. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I think, um, you know, people really like uh parallel, uh, which I, I don't like. Um, I think people will like, this even more um so it has a lot of that um you know battle mechanic to it even though that it's a tcg um it's you know mana based it has a lot of unique uh abilities or and traits so like each um each of your uh, of like the the deck controllers uh has like three abilities that it can do depending on, mm. uh, you know, so, like, you can actually do it to, like, cast certain spells uh, that, that they have. So it's it's pretty interesting. So being it, being able to pick, uh, you know, which person you uh, have as a deck handler um, is a big outcome in how the, the matches go because of, of what their passive abilities or their passive spells are. So it's pretty interesting. Mix of uh, luck versus skill, like most TCGs, or how would you rate the skill level required to 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 outsmart? Like, I think some games it's just there's only one option every single time. Is there is it a game that has multiple options that you can take the path of? Yeah, I feel like um, you know a, a big thing in TCGs is balance and and how much uh, you know one playing style really dominates the next. Um, they did have, uh, you know, more of like a mid-range deck in there that you you can try, um, as well as more of an aggro deck. As and they had like a late round deck, so it's it looks like they put a lot of thought into the balancing of of how they um, did the abilities and and the power levels of each of these cards. If you've been to Germany before. Um... They're extremely organized and meticulous with the way they do things. Um, and I'm not surprised that they've got the balance, you know, that you're not complaining about balance at all in the very first trip. Yeah. Uh, beta test. So, yeah. They're I, very, very good at mathematics, uh, the old Germans. I was surprised. You know, I typically you have, because I, like I said, I played about 10 matches. I, I, I feel like I, I faced all of the different um, opponents that I could have. And, mm. um, I didn't feel like any one of them had like a, a serious advantage to where I, I, um, where I felt like I was over from you know one or turn one or two, you know. So yeah, no, that's good. That's uh, I, I I really like Nia and the team there as well. They're uh very passionate about immutable. Um, they're building on the stock X, so gas free. You know, car TCGs like we've said before, they don't need to be on on a gas chain um, unless they've got some kind of 
weird mechanic there, you know, that cards can change value in, in capability um, multiple times. If it's just like a, a one upgrade every now and again, then you can just burn it and cr- post the new card. But if it's got random stats and things like that, then maybe you could build it on a, on a, on a, on a you know, more robust chain. But yeah. Um, right. Playing gods on on immutables, the reason why I'm so, you know, another one of the reasons I got so all in it, it just made so much sense. So when I see TCGs building on 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 a chain with gas, I'm like, let's see how your one cent, two cent uh, cards sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because they they all they all going to get it. You know, you you got they all going to have that problem where the cards go down in value as there's more and more get saturated. Um, You can't stop that. Yeah, because anytime you have um, an unlimited supply of core set items or something like that, then um, yeah, you you have that issue where it's only worth a penny or two well you you, you have two issues you got, you got that's a it's like a you know like an ultimatum you have unlimited cards and make it fair for everyone or you have it limited and people pay the most money win yeah so like you know that that's always going to be a problem with a tcg on the chain where there's someone with a little bit of extra money will have a slight advantage it's just how big and how you know um how much of a magnifying glass is on that kind of design and so i think they've got to go the way of unlimited cards you know win packs and open them and get new cards which forces the prices down eventually you know and some of the better cards hold their value like they do in gods because you know everyone wants those cards and you know and they the higher rank ones of them get worth a lot you know state hold their value yeah um absolutely. anyway it's um lost glitches they've got they seem to build i've seen a few uh tweet threads as well where they've been included in competitions about people's preferences and surprisingly i saw one with it compared with parallel and another and i think rainy corn um and rainy rain i don't know you know one on our evax um in it one the people play and it was like about 20 30 people commenting in comments that like i played all three of these games and lost glitches is my preferred game so it's I probably should get it out and have a go very soon, <laughs> shouldn't I? Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's not. It's not. I mean, I I had good fun, and I I still play uh, Gods and Chains. So, yeah, cool. I'm waiting for uh, mobile with Gods and Chains. Please come. Oh, and also sealed. Sealed. Yeah, I might have to crack it out on the PC when that comes out. I should probably get practicing again and build a new deck. I spent a bit of money on the decks uh, on God's like about a hundred dollars, um, and I built this uh, deck where you where you where you steal health of other people all the time, and you keep on respawning new new um what they called uh, zombies. zombies. Or, oh yeah, yeah. And but then everyone started getting those decks that knock back your uh, you know what is that called that thing. That you can pull it. I don't oh, know. the um, you know, so you, so you can pull from the the sideboard. No, they. You know, your main ability. You can. You can like this a topic card that you can put it behind. Uh don't worry about. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spend it half an hour trying to remember what it's called. But it's it's the it's the the scepter that spawns those zombies, and they all of a sudden I was winning a lot, and then all of a sudden people pulled their decks with cards that blew that up in one card. So the, my trump car would be destroyed, and I'll just get. Then I'll just be waiting oh, out until I lost it. Okay, so yeah, you could. So you're using Necroceptor, and then yeah, um, that's it. And then people are just putting out cards that that killed your um, uh, attachment or your your weapon. Yeah, 
And it's just, I, no, I, I noticed because, you know, the set, the, that, that ability was starting to get used in a lot of decks. So yeah. everyone started filling their decks with, you know, things that wiped those out and it made it very hard for me to win. And I started losing a lot more, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a very, very bad loser. So <laughs> <laughs> just when I start losing, I lose interest. Speaking of losing, um, I've been playing Shardbound. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting slaughtered every single game. I'm so bad at that game. Oh, man. Yeah, so that that's a fun one. Um, I I did manage to get a few wins on there. Um, I'm not too bad at it, but um, I, I really liked the blue deck that I was using. So I, I, tend, I, I tend to stay with something that I win with. So um, it, it wasn't too bad. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's still going. Um, I'm, I'm going to play after we record this, actually. But um, yeah, like I've played probably seven or eight games. I've lost all of them except for one. Uh, <laughs> and the one on one, I was my, my uh, hero was on one hit point. Okay. <laughs> and had like four of his heroes around my main hero, and I had that like um, charge thing, that hundred percent charge thing. Oh, he had okay. enough. He's just get him over the line and, and get, get, kill his hero. Was was on like fourteen hit points still. So uh, yeah, he, he made a mistake by not get retreating when he started overcoming me. Uh, he or she did. Um, but what, what's your feedback on 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 the actual mechanics of that game? I I really enjoy it. Um, has you know sort of mechanics of chess and um, you know it, being able to find a balance between uh, low mana cards as between as well as higher mana cards between defense and offense and the different ranged and melee attackers. It's interesting. You throw in the, um, you know, the electric charges as well for some spells and um, the games get interesting real quick. That's for sure. Yeah. It's maybe because I'm losing or I'm going to be bitter here. (laughs) uh, uh, It's not bitter. Um, I like the game. I'm enjoying it. I just think that the hex board's too small. Like it's, there's not much. I think just one or two, one or one or two more layers around the outside to make it that bit bigger, and also that charge up to six hit points. Like, I'm just my my dudes are just constantly dying. Like as soon as you put in, placing them next to each other, like they're instantly dead pretty much every yeah. time. Like maybe it's the heroes I'm playing with. I'm playing Petra, uh, all red and. I've only, that's all I've played for like this chest and la- this test and last beta test. So maybe I need to try, yeah, try the different. blue one. There was a, the blue one I really liked. Um, I forgot. I it was a thrall. Uh, I forgot the name of the character. I'll, I'll let, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, I just like, I think the positioning, if I thought about it a bit more, probably I'm wrong. I, to be honest with you, I, this is just surface level thinking. I've only played six or seven games, but like, it, I'd like it that if you've got an area where you leave one space for for them to get past one of your heroes, that their movement's inhibited, so like they can't move the whole distance if you've got to walk past one of your heroes. So every time they walk from one hex to another hex where they're beside one of your heroes, that means they need to take two movement speed thingos because like what's the point like you should be out of position your hero so that uh, your your minions so that you can protect your you know your 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 commander and they can just run straight through the middle past you past three or four hexes and get right up next to you and have no no negative impact by walking past your your um minions that are on the board so it's 
I think they would add a different complexity to positioning and then make the hex a bit bigger so that there's a little bit more strategy around that. And then that 100% damage thing is far too often. That shouldn't be every second or third turn. That's just too much. You know, yeah. you're starting to build up a strategy and bang, that you know, you're dead. I don't know, but maybe the balance of my idea completely ruins what they've got planned. So I'm not judging it. I'm not saying I'm right and they're wrong. I'm just saying how my gut feeling is and it might be very wrong. Yeah, I, I feel like um, you, you kind of have a point of, hey, what's the point of having my minions here if there's not going to be any resistance? Um, mm. But there are there are certain cards or minions that will uh, you know fight back or certain certain things like that. So um, I, I I feel like there will be a way to balance it out. Um, and if if like you said, the one that you did win was they overextended themselves and and wouldn't back down. So in some cases you see where, um, you know, people can be like, Hey, if there's no reason to not attack, I'm attacking. Well, the one time you did win was when they were all out attacking. Right. So, yeah, I'm also, I'm pretty certain that the red one is, is the weakest character (laughs) because every time they, they play, they put these massive numbers out on the board and my guys come out with two and seven, you know, like two, two damage and seven, Oh, yeah. I'm also not deeply thinking about the strategy side of it yet. Like, again, I know it's going to change a lot, so I'm not putting a lot of energy into thinking the strategy. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it's my energy. I need to think really hard to get strategy working well. Like, it's not something just naturally. Like, some players I like, I believe, like, you're like that. You can just go surface look, and you've got a pretty not 90% grasp on what to do, where I need to spend an hour thinking about exactly what happens and how to do it and the impacts and stuff like that. And I just haven't put that energy into it yet because, you know, I know it's all going to change before it comes out, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I'm just having a bit of fun. So, or in a simpler way to say that, I'm not as smart as you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. Um, Definitely, definitely not, not not as smart as I think I am in games. That's for sure. (laughs) Story of my life. Um. So wag me. So, what do you think about Shaban? Before we move on, uh, what do you think overall? Like, is it going to be a hit? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I see uh, the style of game um, definitely uh, plays credence to the to it being a a hit game. Um, I, I enjoy playing it myself, um, and I'm pretty uh, picky on on certain games like that. So, I see it being a, a success. Yeah, same. Um, it doesn't have the raging interest like Infinite Victory did, though. Like that's what I think they've only got like six thousand followers on Twitter still. You know, Infinite Victory's been out two weeks; they've been out two months, three months. You know, like growing, and so it's definitely got a harder hill to climb than a game like Infinite Victory. But it's, um, I think, uh, when people start to see like the graphics, I saw people comment and go, "Hey, that looks like AAA graphics," you know, and. The feel, the fun, like I, I want to play right now. Talking about it, I actually have a feeling in my belly, like I'm, I want to stop this pod and start playing, which is a good sign, you know. Like even though I've been complaining about it the whole time, it's not. I'm not really complaining about it. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, there, there's still a lot of work to do on it, but the, the, the potential's there for it to be a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially when they tie in the storyline to it. I think there's going to be a PVE mode to it. I'm pretty certain where there's going to be a story to it and. To progress to the next story, you need to beat a scenario. 
I really feel like that's going to be part of the game. I don't, I don't know if they've said that, have they? Is it, or is it just a pure PvP game? I don't, I don't know, but that would be awesome if there was. I'm pretty certain they're building a, a story to it where, you know, there's all these islands. And you can see when we're on that island, it's like in the game now, it's got a name for the island and it's kind of like indicating this is one of many like clouds in the islands yeah. in the sky. Remember the, the fractures in the sky? So. Yeah. Be, I think that's the thing God's Unchained missed. Like their story is all written based and, you know, you've got to research and understand it and then you're just playing games. There's no purpose to it. Where if they add this PVE element to it where you're got to beat this encounter to get the next feed, like cut scene or next bit of story, however it is, and you're getting fed the story in drips and drabs rather than a whole big document where you've got to read and understand who the, the God of Light is. You know, I just, I honestly haven't read nothing in Gods Unchained. I don't know anything about the, the lore at all because it's just not my thing. But if you feed, drip feed me it like in little chunks and p- make it part of the game, I will. So, so that's something, I, that's something that, you know, you have a good point about, right? Um, what was the, the game that you were talking about earlier uh, that beat out um, Guild of Guardians in that? Um, the Lost. Oh, Elemental Raiders? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in that one, you know, there was like a story mode type thing that you could play, right? And and that was oh, something yeah. that was that was actually kind of interesting to me. Um, so it would be kind of cool if, if there were, you know, I, I see exactly what you're talking about, um, you know, playing through these different levels of, of uh, the map, if you will, to to unfold the story rather than just having to go and, and read like a PDF of what the, what the, the lore is for each yep. of these things. Yeah. And um, if they make the PVE where you've got to build up your cards power, but if that's just for PVE, not for PVP, you know, a lot of games do that where yeah. you're leveling up the capability to get to the next level, like an RPG to be able to handle the damage in the next level with it. Well, if you play PVP, it's just the base card that you're playing. Correct. Uh, that would make sense. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Definitely interesting. Um, mm. I saw uh, Wagby announce the partnership with uh, OpenSea. Yo. So, they, the kings of hype, Wagby. <laughs> they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're going to be doing, um, I guess, their, their next mint over there. Do you have any, any news about what, what it is they're doing? The, yeah, so it's I've got a couple of points about it. I don't know. I don't know any have any inside information. So they're obviously what you said. They're minting. They're going to do another mint of some kind. But I don't think it's cards. I think it's um like uh, so Wagman Games. People that don't know, they've got a knife comic. They've got a game where you play like Clash Royale and you you know aliens versus humans. And there's another class coming soon. And you open. You win games to get these chests and then you click the chest and you got to wait a certain amount of time before you get the nfts out of it like three to 12 hours in the higher the if it's a 12 hours one it's the best kind or one of the best kinds and it's got two cards in it and a higher amount of this uh this uh, uh on off chain um you know currency and then you can level up your cards two different ways by just like gods and chain where you merge multiple cards together to make a an NFT version, then five to make the next version, then five of those of each of, each of those five, so 25 into, you know, and so on and so forth and to the, to the 500 cards needed to make the highest level. Similar thing with um, um, Wagme, but they also have um, this 
you can level the card up as well and make it more powerful, like actual in-game power. So you you know you're you can't pay to win because that off-chain currency. I don't believe you can you can buy that. I'm, I might be wrong. So you have to play the game to level the, card, the cards up, but you can pay to get the cards you want um, to be able to level them up. So, um, but you also can just wait, and you can also pay money like 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 gems or something like the old Web two method to unlock things faster, like Clash of Clan style. Buy hundred dollars worth of gems, and you can finish your base quicker. Well, you can do that to to unlock the chest quicker. So, what's this related? Why is this related to OpenSea? Well. The cards are on Immutable. Knives was just moved from Immutable to Layer One, um, and they've and now they're partnered with OpenSea and made this big hoo ha about it. And it's an image of a card on one of the marketing pieces as well. So they're not going to move the cards off Immutable. That's their part. They're, when you load the yeah. game up, it says buy Immutable. So they're going to do another mint, I reckon, on you know like a PFP or something that will enhance your ability to open packs and things quicker i believe in, yeah uh, in I, th- the game. I think i saw something about a founder's pack or a genesis pack or something of that yeah. nature so um it, it might be something like that the only other thing possible so there well two other things possible and one's highly unlikely is that OpenSea is is well robbie's been saying for two years that OpenSea's got what they need to be able to build immutable marketplace they, they were announced to be immutable marketplace in the past so very unlikely that they will make it immutableized so that they can can sell buy sell immutable uh, tokens on the on the platform and if anyone knows anything about our pod they can't do that without the global order book so if they wanted to do it without the global order book there is a way around that they could build a tool that sends the nfts from layer one so from your wallet or from, you know, when you collect, if you want to put a wallet up for, uh, a card up for sale on, on OpenSea, you'd have to go to layer one or to maybe another layer. It could be sent to a polygon layer or a layer two potentially. But still, I think it, to, for it to be locked up on Ethereum with Ethereum security, you'd need to go to have it unlocked from the immutable layer one deposit and then re- reattached as a whatever um the layer two is is deposit if you sorry i'm getting quite technical but the way it works is any nft that's on immutable has a position where it's like a contract on layer one that but it's just locked up and you can't no one can interact with it until you send it back to layer one so and then so to get it to layer two you're going to send it back to layer one that therefore unlocks the immutable repository and it now is on layer one uniquely and you can move it to a layer two if you want so it's either that they might be doing that or they might be just doing so there's two things. They could in, in, integrate with Immutable and have the global order book system, or they could be sending the, the cards to layer two, or it could just be the, the third, you know, the most probable, which is a new mint of a new product. Yeah. Um, Sorry, long-winded answer there. Reading it here, it says, we're excited to announce Wagme Games is now exclusively partnered with OpenSea. Um, with our founders mint right around the corner, we're proud to call the fine folks at OpenSea's, uh, OpenSea our friends. Um, and it says dropping September, um, and it's, yeah, it's the founder's pack. Hmm. It'd be interesting. To, this is very interesting, like exclusively for the, for the founders mint or <laughs> exclusively for, for going forward for all of their tokens. And if so, I doubt that because it's gas and that's the whole reason they chose the middle was to keep that 
means and means of um, Wagami cards going to be gas free. So yeah, let's, let's, get, let's see what happens. Interesting. And also a final point on it is poor timing, like immutable, uh, sorry, open sea with their non-shared royalties um, decision recently, uh, not the, you know, that, you know, the most popular kid in the playground at the moment. Yeah. With the Zegman crew. That's for sure. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be, I'll be actually playing Wagme every day. Um, it's kind of like I haven't paid any money, but it's, uh, it's just a kind of fun game. It's, you know, I have, I don't lose. I don't know if I'm playing bots or not. I think I'm playing bots because they got a number at the end of the name. Um, yeah. and the one time I did play someone, it was like I was 400 rank and he was 2,700 or they were, he or she was 2,700 rank and they annihilated me. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of glad I'm playing against bots, but, um, <laughs> but I'm just collecting my cars. I've got a couple of level two, um, like, and it, like the level up NFTs from collecting five of each all for free. I could go into immutable and, um, sell them if I wanted to, but I'm not going, I'm just going to collect them like I do with every game. Pretty um, neat. So, yeah, and it's actually quite a fun little game. Like, it's not something that you're going to spend five hours every day playing, I don't think, but a couple of hours, a couple of games a day, you know, two times a day. Go in, log in, open your chest, have a couple of games, and then log off. I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Clash Royale type game, you know. Um, so a couple, couple of yeah. games fill up the chest that you need to unlock and then start unlocking one and come back a few hours later and check it out. Yep. Cool stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So Gala, Gala, Gala. Um, <laughs> dumpster fire. Uh, the That's two, a good word to describe it. <laughs> two founders um, in cahoots, uh, filing lawsuits, dueling lawsuits against each other, um, claiming... Uh, each person is is the devil. No, uh, is is the bad guy, right? So, um, one of the founders uh, took several billion coins and started to offload them, and uh, eight billion, yeah, <laughs> and started to offload them to the tune of like a, he he was able to <clears throat> offload one hundred and thirty million dollars worth before they uh, turned off the faucet. And uh, basically, that's the reason that Gala V2 exists uh, is because of, of this whole thing. And, and when um, they released Gala V2, uh, they airdropped it to everyone that was holding Gala, except for the founder that was selling uh, all of those tokens. So basically... Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So they they basically said, "All right, we're making we're 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 hard forking, we're making V two and rendering V one completely useless, um, and we're gonna airdrop it to everyone that was holding V one except for this guy." So there's so um, many issues with that. Yeah. But before you finish, uh, I want to just interject with something. I remember that announcement. There was no indication of anything other than this is better for us technically wise. It's going to save us money. Yeah, it's definitely going to save the money. Yeah, it like, did. You know, oh. 130 more million dollars worth. <laughs> <laughs> did he get 130 million dollars worth? Yeah, so he was able to offload half of it. 
Uh, so he he was able to offload 130 million dollars worth of uh, Gala V1. Wow, mate, it's so beautiful being a part of Immutable. <laughs> you don't have to worry about any of this stuff, man. It never ever happens to them. Knock on wood, it doesn't. Because I made a, a, a little jab at uh, Classy today on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that about the uh, the uh, the basket of eggs, all the eggs in one basket kind of joke. Yeah, no, because I, if it happened. I did too. I was I, when I first saw it. I was like, so uh, you still bullish on Gala? <laughs> <laughs> And it just the spin doctor comes out with the spin. Like, to be honest with you, the difference between, you know, like I feel sorry for Classy because he's put all his eggs in Gala. And I don't want to do what he, like me, but for supporting Immutable personally, is just because I believe in the ecosystem. If it dies and, you know, they do something like this, something like this happens, I'll just walk away and just go, you know, that was fun while it lasted and go and go back to being a software developer full time. You know, like it's, it's, I'm not going to sit there and try and make excuses for them like he, like he is doing. Like to save his, you know, his whole entire energy. This is really, really bad for Gala. The deception, and also highlights, you know, the things that Benefactor, who is the one of the Eric Shemeyer, who started Zenga and sold it for ten billion dollars to Riot, uh, to ten cents, sorry, not Riot, ten cent bought Riot as well. Um, you know, that's where he got his funds from to start this. But you just think you'd take your billions of dollars, and I'm sure you got like a quarter of it or something, or maybe even just one billion. But you just take. I just live on the beach and drink pina coladas, not go and start another thing. And it's just clear that it's all about money. Everything they do is about money. Everything they sell is five times the price of what it's worth. The nodes, I bought mine. I've got one. You know, I'm sitting here ratting on Gala, but I'm a Gala, I'm a Gala node holder. You're like, you know, like I, this is the way I operate. I don't sit here and tell people things that aren't true so I benefit financially. Me bringing this to highlight right now is actually hurting me financially. Yeah. So, but it's the truth, and people need to know it. Yeah. You know, these absolutely. people are just in this for money, and that's what it's relevant to. Why we're talking about this, and why it's relevant to Immutable, is because if you listen to Robbie speak, they are hell. They're gamers that care about games, and gamers owning their rights, having more rights, and that's all their missions about. And none of this happens because they genuinely don't focus on anything other than that mission. And, you know, when there's gaps like this comes through, you know, with Gala and you see the benefactor, the guy that's loose cannon, calls people RO boys on Twitter and, you know, upsets heaps of people and, you know, then charges $2,000 five days later for a mint. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you just, you just kind of like, not, the incentives don't line up. It's just, it's, there's only one incentive. It's to fill their pockets full of cash. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I honestly... I saw like one or two games on there that looked promising, um, but I, I don't necessarily see it being a disruptor to the space other than, um, unfortunately, the people that, that trusted um, you know, their, the platform and what they were doing there. Um, it's clearly not what they said it was, and um, the level of deception that they went to to say that you know, oh, the reason they needed V2 was because of some sort of tokenomics bullshit. It, it really wasn't. It was because, um, you know, they... they, they uh, stolen funds. Yeah. And it's not even stolen funds, right? It's just, it, like, technically, like, he, he, he was, like, the owner of that because he owned uh, 40, 45% of the, of the company, right? And... Um, now, whether or not he w should have been appropriating them at that time, uh, I don't know because I, I think it was supposed to unlock over a certain amount of time. Uh, but 
at, at, at the end of the day, um, I, when you have a few like <laughs> that deeply seated, um, it's not going to end well. Um, we've seen madness it though. You can't just go and take and, funds out, can you? You, know, you I, can't just go and decide to take the tokens because you're 45% owner. You have to go for the right thing. So what did you see what his uh, counter was? I only saw the one that Eric's done against him. Yeah, so I, I mean I mean Coinbase wouldn't even list V2 because they didn't properly do the airdrop of the tokens to all the holders. So there like there wasn't a true one to one of all the coins. So, so it, it didn't even add up. So they're like, hey so uh, if this guy had the right to those tokens and they've done this, then they've done something very, very, very wrong and gonna be in big trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Like the SEC's going to be involved for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure that some of the complaint actually already mentions SEC. So I mean, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, there's a lot of of money that's going to be wasted in legal fees and um, determining, unfortunately, the where all the money is going to go, and in the end, it's going to screw the token. So. So you said, go back to the point about the games. I, I, I kind of slightly disagree with you about the games. I think that's one of their strong points. Like they've got some decent games. Like they've yeah, they Champions had, they, Ascension. They had Is like, it, or Champions Arena? Yeah, Champ- Champions Ascension was there. Um, champions Arena, sorry, it is called because it's three Champions games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Champions <laughs> Arena and then um, they also had like Spider Tanks. Uh, which was kind of cool, but um, yeah, it's not a triple A game or one that's going to break the internet though. Like no. it's, I played it for a while. I've got I've got Spider Tanks assets and you know Legacy. I spent six thousand dollars on an NFT for that game. What the hell was I thinking? My God! Every time I think about that, I just like makes me cringe uh. with, with schoolboy errors that I made when I was new into um, NFTs or. When I had axi, dumb axi money. <laughs> yeah. And, and how much of that six grand were you able to recover? I've still got the asset because it's worth, it's like $200 or something now. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not worth nothing. It's worth but, more um, sentimental. I played the, the play test of that game and it was, uh, they've got a lot of work to do. And that was a, over a year ago. So hopefully they're working on it still. But I think The Walking Dead has some kind of, you know, like, you know the little base building game. They get that. They could get that right. Last expedition, their shooter looks pretty good. Um, you know, it's like a metalcore kind of level game. Maybe not quite as good graphics. Okay. As metalcore, actually, definitely not quite as good graphics as metalcore. It's um, but yeah, there's a few other little games. I, I really like. There's a game Fortitude that was coming. It's like a Clash of Clans, but on a PC style game. Looked really cool. But they bought that um, Ember. That the, the team that's building um. Dead, uh, Walking Dead, they bought that studio because um, Eric Schirmeyer's sold is worth billions, and they sold a couple of billion dollars worth of of uh, founder nodes. So you know they have all this cash to be able to just go and buy shit. And when the when it became obvious that the mobile is probably going to be the, play, the first breakthrough, um, you know, platform for Web three, he went and bought Amber Studios, which has had like twenty million players on their on their amongst their fifteen games, with the plans to turn them all into, into you know Web NFT 3, based yeah. games. Yeah. So look, he's there's you know the gala music, gala uh, movies. They they you know they do 
they do the like they, I think they want to do the right thing, but it just doesn't have the leadership kind of yeah. qualities that I want to be fully involved with and be fully invested into. And that's what this is. This is the major point from this, and that's why I'm in immutable because you know I see Robbie as in and Alex and I don't know James, but they seem to be just level-headed, very smart guys with a mission and they're following it where these guys just seem to be, it's all about the money, you know, and how much money they can generate for, for themselves. Yeah. And I mean, anytime one of the founders is trying to off half of their, or all of their stuff, uh, it's never a good sign. So. I wonder the tokens were, went down to one cent. <laughs> now I know what went from 80 cents to one cent. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I've got a gala node, man. I've got a gala node <laughs> with so many gala tokens, it's stupid. Like it's so stupid how many gala tokens I've got. And uh so anyone calls me a, a shill because I support immutable. If I was a shill, I'd be doing what class is doing. Damage control. <laughs> In doctoring. Yeah. Doing a doing a recap video of uh, all of the legal stuff and then getting stuff wrong because he has no idea what it, any of it says and then having to issue an apology saying that he didn't mean what he meant he said. <laughs> Who, Classy said that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a video you had to take down? Did I miss the video? No, the video's still up. It's just like he, he, he like put someone else's name in there when it was, really wasn't him and, and then uh. he had to like send a tweet saying like, oh, I, I said it was him, but I, it was this guy. So, <laughs> well, the, the, this is not good for Web three gaming. You know, no, it just gives not. more ammunition to the haters. You know, it just it's not I'm, not. I'm not celebrating it. Like it's, I actually like Gala, and if they can get their shit together, you know, I hope they can bounce back from this. Do you think they can bounce back from this? Do you think it's going to impact them? I hope that someone interjects before, uh, you know. I think it's actually a good thing that the lawsuits happen so that like no more like nefarious BS can be done between the two founders. I think they tried to cover it up for too long. Um, you know, knowing that they, they released V2 and not everyone in the community even knew why they were doing V2. Um, so at least like now this information's out there and people can know that like, hey, it's not all hunky dory and, and pay attention. And I think, something like this shakes enough feathers to where like the good stuff rises to the top. And then hopefully those people or those entities are able to take, take control and, and push it in the direction it needs to go. This is where I think they get hurt. This is the biggest impact this is going to have. Just like Ronan, when they had their hack, they didn't sign a game for every year or two. It took them two years of religion of spending their billions of dollars, you know, half a, half a billion dollars worth of, you know, Axie money to of continue building. They're lucky they had that runway to be able to recover, and they're now starting to get some games. Two years later, like I don't think there's going to be games any more. Games choose Gala going forward, right? No, that. there's no reason to choose them right now because there's no there's no guarantees in the future. Uh, why pick something that's in embroiled in in lawsuits and stuff? So yeah, so we'll see. I might be wrong, but that's what I think the biggest impact for Gala is. And can they, they've got a lot of money though, and they can do like, just like Ronan, they've probably got more money. They've got $2 billion in a games fund. So they've got a lot. Everyone, I see people talk, talk about, you know, make comments about runway and all this stuff for Gala and how they, and I'm like, I look at them and go, you know, nothing about Gala, do you? To say that they got 2 billion, everyone bags out immutable for having a $500 million token fund. 
these guys have got two billion US cash fund to to track games. So they're going to be fine, I think, in the long run. But in the only way, they're going to have to spend a lot of that money to get games to come build on them. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, that's for sure. Yeah. It's funny. So (laughs) we got a couple other things to cover before we go. Uh, This last week, we had a couple uh, Twitter spaces, X spaces, whatever. Um, intersection of sports fandom and Web3. We were able to have uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of different uh, projects building on, on Web3 that are sports-based come join us, and uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so that was House of... Shout out to House of Boxing that gave me the idea and you know said that they would support me if I was to set it up. Um, so... I went around about and I got Immutable involved with some contacts. We've got Infinite Victory, their their published account, uh, Bit Game didn't join us, um, as well as Metafight. That was, you know, the MMA version kind of thing of um of House of Boxing, and also Eyeball Pool, which is you no, know, it's pretty exciting interviewing a founder of a guy that's had a billion downloads. Um, you know, so very privileged to host that space with you. And I know you came yeah, here late cool. because it was like I. I didn't think you wanted to get up at seven in the morning. So that was great that you, you know, sacrificed that. I think we've covered that in the past, but the reason I want to talk about now is it was a really big success. The games loved it. People have said that the content was really good, unique. And it really, you know, the way to understand why these builders are building these product projects just really hits home. You can really see that the teams building on immutable are just doing it for the right reasons. Very close subject to what we just talked about. So we've got another one coming up probably two weeks in two days from now. Um, or two, two weeks and two days from this recording, which is probably two weeks uh, from when, this, when you hear this, on the day this is released. Um, we're looking at getting um, SimWin with the owners of the seven superstars of sports in America that own that. Hopefully get like Magic Johnson on. That'd be, that would be amazing. Um, dreaming there, I think. Yeah. Um, Personal corner with Des Bryant. I'm going to be going for them as well. Um, we're trying to get El Jefe in. Why not? They're new. We'll introduce them. Um, there's also Green Park Sports. I've reached out to Simwin. Have confirmed they're interested, which is a you know, it's a very exciting project that people start to find out more about soon. There's, there's not just fantasy. It's it's a full on simulation, you know, of NFL. So with proper video of the games at a watch back and have you make decisions yeah, throughout there, the game. There's daily games and um, you know, they, they're, they're played out in real time, you know, even though they're simulated, it's really uh, incredible to, to see. Yeah. And you can see people when they're not performing, you can go be the, the coach and sub them in. I think you can play player mode as well. There's all different modes from what angles you're looking at this. So yeah, it'd be very interesting to see uh, when they get it, come out with a proper you know, showcase of what they're building, but it's very in-depth. Um, and a couple of the Mutable guys have told me that this is the project that they think that they are most excited about and they think will be, had the best chance of being a huge hit. Um, so we'll, we'll watch this space for that one. So I would love, they've already committed, so that's going to be exciting to get them on. Personal Corner responded and said they're keen. We're just going to need to make sure we get the timing right for everyone to be on. Um, there's a couple more. That uh, OBS. OBS, yes, that's it. The racing car game. And... Maybe if we get too many, we might have to do a third one, um, an introductory one, uh, with Battle Derby potentially as well, um, because they're a sports car. You know, but that demolition yeah. derby is a sports game, so we'll, we might get the car ones together. Um, Amiga ninety nine potentially, 
so yeah, we, we think it's really fun. You know, four four guests maximum because they too much time of sitting on the sidelines not speaking. Um, and so if we get more than four, we'll do another third one. And then after that, we'll get each game to come on individually into a spaces so they can deep dive into their to their product. And you know, the people that are interested in once they learn which th- you know out of the twelve that we t- ten to twelve that we get on the spaces you can decide which ones you want to come back and watch. And so there's the next couple of months worth of uh, spaces that we're going to do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I was able to, to join a space uh, called layer layer up uh, podcast. It was basically like a, a mix between like the loopering community uh, looper lands and, and um, you know, just they had me on as representing immutable X and we talked to, about a lot of the stuff that's upcoming for IMX and um, you know what they're doing over at Looperlands, really cool of them to to have me on. Uh, really appreciate that. I, um, really love what they're doing. A lot of exp- yeah, a lot of expansion coming. Um, a lot of a lot of new tooling to make it easier for the the creators to to create their own stuff and get it out there. Um, and you know, customize new lands from from uh, ordinary Adam and and some of the other people. So, pretty exciting stuff. It's cool to see you get invited to things like that as a mutable expert, mate. So, I think uh, that's starting to, you know, our work of researching for the community to share with everyone what we know is you know being recognised. And so, congratulations on getting invited. To that it was a pretty. Pretty good. Uh, they were pretty stoked to have you on, mate. Um, to get your opinion, I, I did miss it the first hour because for some reason I thought twelve o'clock was twelve a.m. and it was twelve p.m. and in my head I thought it was midnight instead of. Um, and then I woke up in the morning. Oh, I missed it. And then I was at work. And then I, next thing I got to lunch and I turned. Oh, oh, that's on now. And I started listening to it. Got in there a bit late. Sorry about that, mate. Otherwise, I would have supported you the whole. No, show. it's it's cool. It's cool. It's funny. Right when the only time I really I I was talking about you, you joined. So I, it was, pretty, <laughs> yeah. it was spot like, on. was burning. Yeah, your ears started burning. And he's like, I gotta check in on this motherfucker. Yeah, you were telling you were, you were telling him how stupid I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was it you know like hey you have to learn from from mistakes like that so and it, it really you know in the end it was a it was a good story it just needed you know people people need to understand don't trust links yeah i just got fooled by the yellow um you know it was the first time i noticed that twitter has those scams with yellow ticks which is a thousand dollars so yeah. you think you trust that and i'm like oh they're cool they're coming out with the level two and i just clicked the link and the only reason i didn't click the sign contract was because i just went do i need to sign this what am i going to do right now and i said no i'll just i'll just wait and i, I just hit cancel and that gut feeling saved my life like it's i have you said how much money worth i've got on there it's not quite that much but it's Everything on there. I've got to get a, a more burner style wallet set up for, especially my IMX tokens. So, so yeah, that that was from that message, from that happening, from your message. I'm, you're right, and then going and and the wife as well. Is got went a little bit annoyed at me when I told her. Um, so she said, get it those tokens into a burner, uh, well, not a burner wallet, a, a cold wallet. So, learn from that, people. You, you can get 
even when you know about all this stuff, you can like which I do know about, you can get tripped up just the right moment, the right time. Even like in Web two, I, I lost all my Dota skins a couple of months ago because someone messaged me that's a friend that's not really a friend on on Steam, and it was like eleven thirty. I'd been working all day and then doing something else all night. And I was tired, and he's like, "Can you just join this this uh, lobby for me for this um for this uh, five versus five tournament in Dota? Can you join us?" And um, I just went, yeah, because I'm like always like to help people. And I joined it, and I for some reason reset my my th- two factor authentication to do it and everything. So dumb. And I just got just that moment, the way they did it, the so the the whole story around it. And I had my wife sitting there saying, "You're getting scammed," and I still fell for it. So, like, you can anyone can get caught out in the wrong moment. Um, and yeah, and one of my friends later said to me. You should have known, though, that it, there's nobody in the world's going to ask you to be on their Dota team. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." Awesome, I should have should have realized. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so everyone, even being super careful, is sometimes you can get caught out in a bad day. Don't take it to heart. You know, everyone can get can just get their mind in the wrong mode. One thing gets said that kind of puts you on a path to think that you're safe and you're not. It's, it's like it's called social engineering for a reason. Um, so all you can do is just before you get caught out there, make sure you've got the system set up so that you don't go outside of that system. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, absolutely. There again, didn't I? No, you're good. Like uh, it, nothing comes before safety when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, because, even if it's uh, only a couple of NFTs or if say it's uh, only, you know, smaller amount of money, um, it, it might be something that someone's worked um, a lot of time to, to get or uh, might have been the only thing they had. So uh, just mm. be careful, double check, um, be safe. Yeah, and twi- don't trust Twitter. Actually, don't even trust Discords because there's hacks there. Like you've just got to yeah. really... You know, before you click that wallet into thing I sign in, just think I'm signing my life away here. Do I need to do this right now? You know, that's what that's what I that's what saved me. Um, so with my computer being dead, and, and uh, that's why I haven't had any outages today because I'm using a different laptop to to record. So uh, get my computer back hopefully tomorrow. It's ready, but I need to be able to work out how to do a five hour round trip to go pick it up. Um, so we don't have any news about Immutable this week. Um, I haven't been I haven't had a computer. Were you know in the comfort of my computer to do it on, but um, I did want to make one point about the um, the between two layers that's come out, which has been a level up from the last episodes season. Yeah, they've been such good content. They had, and my highlight this week was um, Alex Connolly from the tech perspective, and he said something that I just totally when I've talked about Z, immutable zkvm and the benefits of it, and I said. I think maybe people who follow what we talk about heard that the Solidity contracts are completely 100% compatible with ZKEVM. But it's not just that. It's the whole entire ecosystem of dev tools that they create on layer one. So anything that's on layer one, that any dev tools at all will also work on ZKEVM, immutable ZKEVM. So even like 100x more better, better than just Solidity. And so, yeah, we're going to start to see the benefits of that coming over the next 12 months. Yeah. Um, so, like, even the the artificial intelligence uh, bot that Delisium built to interact with uh, your wallet and stuff like that, uh, Lucy, 
they could even deploy that fully on L2. Yep. I didn't, I didn't know that myself. <laughs> did they, does Delicium, is that built for layer one, is it? Yeah, it was a, basically it was a chat bot that they built into their web page that you could, you could interact with um, and say, hey, you know, transfer um, my token, you know, make a transfer of a certain amount to this address and it would prompt you to make the, do the signature and do all of that stuff. And it was basically plain English style um, wallet integration. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. You bring up Delicium. They're uh, making all these partnership um, announcements. It's all about their AI stuff and not about their game. Um, it definitely is on hiatus, isn't it? On the deprioritized, yeah, as they told us. It's, it's a shame. It's bullshit. Um, just drives me nuts every time I see a new update from them. Um, and it it's frustrating when they were one of the ones that actually had like a playable game early on. Um, but now they're they're you know focusing on a completely different uh, avenue. Um, yeah. Also, we'll they changed it. Another one, CyberGals, looks like they're going to another chain too. I saw an update from them recently. Um, it had no mention of anything immutable, so uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Yeah, they already were writing on the wall there. I think if they if ZKEVM was out months ago, they would have stayed because I remember being in a meeting about eight nine months ago where they said like. The StarkX implementation is they just got to do too much on AWS. They want to just do it on chain. And so they'll look for another option if Immutable can't solve their problems for them. So they said that pretty much word for word for what I just said then. So I think that. Yeah, but then know, but, but then they said they were going to go to BNB, right? And then they still have some BNB integrations. And then now they're announcing like a completely other one. So it's like, I don't even know if they know what they fucking want at this point. So uh, <laughs> is, it cons- is it consensus? So, no, it's not. Um, I, I, Change from that again? Yeah, I, I don't even know what they're. I don't even know what they're doing. Um, Linear? It's n- Neobit or something. It's. Uh, uh, hold on. I let me find it. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna find that chains that are trying to make it into the gaming change. Like you see them like Saga and Linear and Base and, you know, all these new chains that are popping up out of everywhere. Like they're going to go throw money at games just to get their ball rolling. Like salespeople have to have a use case to be able to sell. If you're competing against Immutable, Polygon, BNB, Gala even, and Solana, where they've got games that are out, battle-tested, and this is what this is what the value proposition is. And you're a new chain. You need to have a starting point. You need to have a game. And as you see them, that they, they, you can see all of them get two games, two or three games each that they go out and they must throw the you know the bucket load of cash in. Or you know, I'm sure it wouldn't cost too much to get Cybergirls, but maybe you know, five hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars come build on us. And they go, look, this is what they've built. We build it. They build it on our chain. You can do it on our chain as well. So that's that's the way the sales cycle works. Yeah, so you'll do, which is the company, the parent company for CyberGals, is uh, is teaming up with Neopin, a ground groundbreaking non-custodial CDFI pro- protocol, 
that seamlessly bridges various facets of gaming world, ranging from virtual environments and applications to digital assets. So blah, 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 blah. Uh... <laughs> it's just saying bu- every buzzword in the world, like whatever, you paid them some money so you can get a use case. And if, But, you know, Yuldo World, they're building a, like an, an ecosystem of games. You know, Cyber Gals, Trouble Punk is one, and then the Cyber Gals, the collectibles. That they're building other games as well. That's going to go on their platform, Yuldo. So obviously they're you know yeah. testing the waters everywhere. It basically goes on to say Yuldo's commitment lies in establishing an inflation-resistant reward token distribution system, offering a minimum one percent uh, average percentage return per league play for Trouble Punk. Uh, so they want it to. They want this special reward system and uh, Neopin. Um, has achieved remarkable strides by uh, intertwining game services with user-centric DeFi solutions. So another leap of faith to this unheard of Neopin. I'm going to do a, um, a, 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 a chain tier list for, uh, based on gaming. Um, the, I've been working out, which I've been collecting all the chains. So there's a new one I'm going to put to it. Um, and it's going to be like not based on progress to date, what they offer, you know, like com- number of categories, and I'm going to comment on each category. And uh, I wonder if people are interested in that. Um, you know, now when I get my computer back, it's probably a couple of weeks away from before I do it. But I just thought, let's do it. What do you think? You'd be interested in seeing that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of these things like I've never even heard of. Like, what, what the, what the fuck is? <laughs> Mate, it's, it's, <laughs> thousand, it's a thousand. <laughs> No, I know, I know, and and that's. And so, I mean, I guess it. it, it yeah, I would be interested because I want to see, like, you know, that's that's just like more money that market share that that um, immutable X can just take. So yeah, let's find out how, how much how much of the world we're taking over. Mate, it doesn't cost <laughs> much to spin up a blockchain. What it does cost is to build the the to build the tools and. Uh, dev tools and ecosystem that you know makes it so you the developer can build easy fast oh, oh trust me you know, i mean the the amount of money these shitcoin pumpers influencers have been making i'm sure that there there's plenty of blockchains that have been just created spawned out out of nowhere because of of that exact thing so um it doesn't surprise me it's just um with the latest and greatest technology that's going to s- Make it just mass adoption so easy. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, a click of their fingers. <laughs> but you know, it's been a you know a hard slog for Immutable um, to get to where they are. You know, like people, I saw I saw a, a, a guy did a thread on on the future of gaming on blockchain, and he was ca- comparing Treasure DAO and Merit Circle to Immutable. And I just wrote this long response to him because he said, like, I want to hear what you think. And I just decided not to send it because, you know, I don't, it was his first thread. And, but to compare two indie game developers, sorry, publishers of indie games, that's all they've got. Yeah. Maybe one or two that aren't indie each. You know, it's got a couple of staff and using other blockchains like Immutable, but they're using other, other, you know, blockchains to do it and they've got $30 million each in total funds to Immutable that's got 350 staff, a, a five years of tools built 
to make an experience building games and themselves and integrating on blockchain. And just they've got, they're hitting, you know, they got 200 games, 200 games with well funded games, you know, like it's just, you can't, to think that they, they, you should even compare those two in the same c- category, it's not, it's a joke. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah. Merit and- circle- Anyone that's trying to compare um, like a DAO like that um, to a full-fledged company um, clearly doesn't know what they're doing. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I can understand where he where they may feel like it it's run almost the same, but they're completely different beasts um, when you <laughs> when you stack them next to each other. So yeah, it's a. Uh... Building on a um, little gaming DAO, inexperienced, like you'd have you'd have to have some kind of rocks in your head to choose that over you know someone like Mutable, even Avax that have got like the you know a great ecosystem as well, and or you know maybe even Sway or Solana or Aptos, you know like it's just they've got this. It's just a different world, you know. You're like a little indie game that's getting support from. A little indie kind of DAO, you know. It's it's not the same. We are not the same. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, we'll see. I might be wrong, and people will be able to look at back at this podcast and go, "Aha, you're yeah, wrong." So honestly, we'll um, possibly, but I I just don't see how it's in the cards with with uh, everything that's stacked up the way it is. Um, it's it's interesting to see when people make these comparisons without doing the full research. So, yeah. Well, another great episode this week. Yeah, uh, lots to talk about. Uh, th- uh, this morning I was thinking, what are we going to talk about today? And uh, just a quick thing, it was, a, it was lots going on again. So much happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like it. Um, it. I don't see it slowing down. Um, never a dull moment in, in Web3. So um, just looking forward to the future. A lot of really good stuff coming. Yeah, I've got a we've got a really cool guest coming on the show. Uh, maybe not next week, but the week after. Um, we've got two really cool guests. The founder of um, Battle Derby has agreed to come on the show, um, as well as the founder, um, bum bum Space Nation. Yeah, baby. Oh, your favorite. Here we go. Yeah. Well, no, no. Gal- that's Galaxy Commanders. Space Nation didn't invite me to play their game, so no, they're oh, not my okay. favorite. <laughs> yeah. So Space Space Nation is the what star star atlas wanted it to be gotcha so that's right a little you know the space opera yep. it's got it's got got a lot of really good um having the 500 player play test um right now for, to the people that were lucky enough to get a um gate what it's called one of those gates no, oh yeah yeah. Yeah. One. yeah yeah um and yeah so it's getting the screenshots are coming through it looks amazing 50 million dollars in investment um and play tests uh release early 2024 so um yeah that one looks really really good and be exciting to speak with jeremy from space nation the founder of that game he's a great guy awesome looking forward to it um thanks again for listening to this week's episode of gamers galaxy see you next week see you later (laughs) 